It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and for some reason, I've had an Applebee's craving the past few days. I I was going to see if my co-host Jessica Lewis had the same craving, but I checked the menu and didn't find anything with salt and vinegar, so she's probably safe. Yeah, you know, I must say, I didn't really get much of an Applebee's craving, although the shark drink, what was it, the blue shark? That looked a little intriguing. I was a a little intrigued by that, but yeah, Applebee's on the whole, no, not really. Not really selling it for me there. Well, what do you mean not really selling it? Those were like, they looked like they had just had the best food ever in their entire life. It was like the worst commercial I'd ever seen. It was really bad. I don't know. I think it was the best commercial. I mean, these people were just dying for this food here. I know. And here's the thing. Okay. I'm just going to go on a little bit of a of a rant for a second. I, I get it. I understand. You don't get a whole lot of food when you're out there. But you're really not that hungry at this point in the game. I mean, you're hungry, but you're not that hungry. And they really, I just, they really oversold this whole Applebee's thing. This is the best reward ever. No, it's really not. It's just more food. Stop <laughs> feeding them. It would be a great reward if they were actually hungry. They're not hungry yet. Let them starve for a little while. I can't stand how much food they're giving people. Like, just stop. Oh, you sound like one of those cranky old timers. Like, in my day. Uh, You know, I am a cranky old timer. Well, because here's the thing. When I was out there, I didn't win any rewards except one very early on. And we, we got steak and sausage. And Mind you, it was delicious. It was probably the best steak I'd ever eaten because I hadn't had anything. See, exactly. See, you would have done a commercial for steak. Yeah, but here's the thing. They need to be a little more hungry before they can be that excited. Like the merge feast, you're very excited for the merge feast because it's that much farther into the game and it's so much food. Stop giving them so much food so early on. Just stop. Let them be hungry and cranky and messed up. I mean, it's not really that it's not really that early on, is it? I mean, what was how it, many day days? 11? What, what day number 12? of days are we in here? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, what's the difference in hunger level between day 12 and day 15 or 16 or 17? I mean, if you haven't eaten for days, you haven't eaten. Yeah, but it just it it messes with you when you're that hungry. And so just let them be hungry. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like it's too much. Like, it's too much. It was. Yes. Applebee's, I'm sure. Great plug for them. Jeff did a great job selling Applebee's. The food looked delicious, but scale back. What, let's go back to peanut butter and jelly. Okay, you win some peanut butter and jelly. Everyone's excited. That's what you get. You don't get this full-on meal with alcoholic beverages and waiters and wait staff and all of the fixings. I just, I don't know. I, I think it's too much. But that's peanut just me. butter and jelly isn't going to get Survivor a sponsor, though. 
Well, I know it's not. And that's why I don't like it. <laughs> well, hey, we should like anything that helps keep Survivor going. And that is true. That is I mean, definitely any true. sponsor that does. Yeah. Not any twist that does. And that's I, a whole different I appreciate thing, Applebee's wanting to help out, but scale it back a little bit. You know what? Fine. If you want to do an Applebee's plug, okay. Then give them some Applebee's food. But that was a whole lot of stuff. And the waiters and wait staff, I, I just, just think it's too much. It's too much. This is a survivor. Make them actually have to survive. Anyway, I'll stop. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the, the cranky old timer uh, vibe I am here. cranky. Well, because, and I, I, when here's the thing, when, when Jeff was telling them that this was going to be the greatest reward ever, in my head, I was putting myself back to that horrific, horrific day that I stood on that same exact little island and almost died drowning in the sand and was thinking about what the reward challenge was or what the reward was for that particular challenge when I was out there. And it was a helicopter ride. Oh, my word. Like, everybody almost fell over when they said helicopter ride around the islands of Fiji. Everybody wanted to do that. And then it was like a picnic lunch. You do a helicopter ride, picnic lunch. And that that's a survivor, like, reward right there. Because that's something you're never going to ever really experience in your life. Like, how many people get to get on a helicopter ride around the islands of Fiji, see all the beautiful sights, and then stop at a deserted island and have a picnic lunch. That doesn't happen. Applebee's, it's down the road from your house. You can go anytime you want. You can get the Blue Shark drink. It's there. Let's make it a little bit more luxurious, I guess. If, if, like, if it's going to be like the greatest reward challenge ever, let it be a helicopter ride through the islands. And I didn't win that, so, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm salty. I I, I, yeah. And vinegary. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know. I just feel like sometimes you can lose the. It loses its luster. I think Survivor is such an incredible show and it has such an ability to allow individuals who get to experience it to experience things that they've never experienced before. So I save Applebee's for when you're at home. I don't I don't know. And there's just something about it I don't really enjoy. All right, I have to say, uh, I I didn't expect five minutes of uh, old timer ranting. When I'm I sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll move on. We'll talk about what I, we were supposed to talk about. You brought it well, up. I did. I, I did expect you to talk about the uh, the sand wriggling challenge because I know oh. how much you loved that. Oh my god! Now and listen, in my defense, because I know that some people said this, and this is a long time ago, and I'm sorry to be going back on this, but when I said I can't. It was, I literally couldn't move. I was willing to do anything I could to move. And I literally could not move because I, I had sand up my nose and in my throat. And uh, it was horrifyingly bad. I was trying. I eventually got where I needed to go. But that was the worst moment of my existence, I think. <laughs> it was really you just needed Nora to drag you to the finish line. I, I could have used a Nora, 100%. Because my and whoever God, says that. I still have scars from that challenge. I shouldn't say still have. I have scars from that challenge. Like, that's how tight I you're tied at your wrists and ankles. Like, I legit have scars from that challenge. So, now, yeah. um, did you have to wriggle a certain way? I saw someone on, I, I don't know, social media somewhere showing that actually the better way to do it would be to lie on your side and push. No, you had Were to you go on your stomach. Yep. You had to go on your stomach. You had to okay. go on your stomach. And you, it was very, when we did the challenge, it was very specific. You had to start on your knees. You have to fall face forward. And then you could only use 
um, basically your body because your your arms are attached to your side. So you don't even mm-hmm. really have the ability to use your hands. And um, as a female or a woman, I guess I should say, uh, sometimes, you know, you're built a little bit differently. It's a little more difficult <laughs> to, to climb up and down a pile of sand. Um, so, yeah, it was not comfortable and it was very difficult. And I sucked sand up my nose and into my throat. It was horrifying. It was so bad. It was so bad. You and the, you and grains of sand just didn't get along on they your season. They really didn't. No, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of the sand, I guess. It, yeah. I don't get along well with it. Yeah. But listen, I should stop complaining. This is not about me. I, I no. apologize to the listeners. <laughs> I'm complaining so much. But yes. <laughs> Glad I got to experience all of that. But yeah, that was, I, that was not a good look for me out there on the island. I, I, I did a really bad job on that challenge. Well, and uh, see, just imagine if it had been Applebee's, you wouldn't have been so sad about not getting it. I know. I mean, it, cool. Applebee's would have been great. But yeah, I was more upset. I wanted that helicopter ride more than anything. That's what I wanted. Yeah. That would have been incredible. Ah, well, so let's uh, let's uh, go from there to uh, something else that you always enjoy, which is talking about how we did with our predictions. Mm. And um, once again, we we weren't even close. It wasn't even the right try. No, no. (laughs) Okay, dig deep. Um, (laughs) Maybe there'll be an Applebee's um, reward for me if I get right next week. Absolutely. I'll take you out to Applebee's the next time I see you. (laughs) If you get it right next week. That would be great. It won't uh, happen. So, but yeah, okay, well, I'll that's, try. You know, it's easy to make the offer. Uh, but anyway, like I said, we weren't even close. Uh, but you know, it was the swap, so I'm not going to worry about it any further than that. Okay, that's good so, because I'm yeah. just terrible at predictions. So, uh, but while we didn't get the prediction right, we did hear two things this week that point to us being right in our two most recent podcasts. Uh, first, we saw Dean tell Kelly that there wouldn't be any cuddling with her like there was with Chelsea, which leads back to our discussion about the perception of a showmance. And when I noted that Dean may have been saying things that contributed to that idea, because if Dean was making jokes with Kelly about cuddling, odds are pretty good. He was saying other things around the camp before Chelsea got voted. Mm -hmm, I'm sure. So, uh, and then the second thing was Tom saying in interviews that he abandoned his early alliance with Vince in part because Vince was going around to everyone and telling everything he knew, which, again, supports what we said two weeks ago. I love that you're going back and trying to justify things that we've said. <laughs> I'm not justifying. I'm just pointing. Since we point out when we're wrong about the predictions, it's nice to point out when we were right in you know other things that we did. And that is true. And that is nice when you can read these exit interviews and go, oh, yeah, that's what we talked about. We were right on that. So it's a good feeling for sure. Otherwise, otherwise known as patting ourselves on the back. Right. You know? So, but we're allowed to do that. Right. Um, Now, as we move back to this week, uh, just let me remind listeners that for the rest of the podcast, we're going to be relying on all the information available, uh, not just from what we saw on TV, but also interviews, Twitter and clips from CBS All Access uh, to figure out what went wrong for Tom. And then we'll compare his gameplay to my rules, which you can find at robhaswebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. Yes. Or you can order it. In a very pretty poster, right, David? You can. Well, you want to give them the link? Because you're much better at that than I am. Oh, okay. Uh, so the <laughs> link is 
<laughs> tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. And uh, this is a poster drawn by Eric Reichenbach, who made an appearance on the show, not this week, but last week, mm-hmm. as he was once again shown uh, giving away his immunity necklace. Uh, you know, I, I just viewed that as a uh, an advertisement for the poster and, of course, all the other artwork he does. Oh, of course. And it really is incredible. He is so talented. I did not expect him to create such a beautiful rendition of all of the rules, but he did. They're $20 ordered on eBay. Shipping is not very expensive. And if you are out of the United States, we can certainly get you the poster as well. Just contact me. You can DM me and we can get that to you. And I will say this, David, we offered up some signed posters and they are gone, gone, gone. So. Wow. That They were very quick, very quick. So thank you to everyone who has ordered. And if you haven't, quantities are decreasing every day. So get on eBay and order it. All right. Um, so as we head into uh, the main part of the podcast here, Stephen Fishback said in his blog that the choice to vote out Tom instead of Karishma was, quote, baffling. But was it really? You know, we've had several apparently confusing outcomes already this season. But when this episode ended, it it didn't seem all that baffling to me. Did anything change for us as we sat down to study everything? Let's answer that question and determine why Tom lost. The first and most important rule is, as always, to scheme and plot. But that wasn't exactly how Tom was thinking. Instead, I'd compare Tom to many of the Australian survivor, former athletes, and a few others on that show, where they think super loyalty is the end-all be-all, and they don't want to be part of any backstabbing and the like. And Tom also had tunnel vision of wanting to win challenges and get rid of anyone who causes them to lose. Now, Tom wasn't self-righteous about it, like some of the Aussie players in question have been, but the attitude about how he intended to play was similar because he said in interviews that he wanted to have a strong, unbreakable alliance and be loyal the whole way. He did at least say he wanted to play the game and participate in blindsides, which is a little contradictory, but I, I guess the blindsides in question were those of people he wasn't loyal to, like Ronnie in the very first vote. Wow. <laughs> wow? Wow. Listen, I don't disagree with, with what you're well, saying. Good. But here's, but I am going to add to it. Okay. I do agree that obviously he came into the game wanting to play the loyalty card. That was very important to him. But I don't think that that's necessarily a bad way to strategize early on in the game. He did say in his exit interviews that he understood that at some point in the game, he was going to have to to backstab those people that he was playing with because you have to take out people that could win the game. So I think he understood that he was going to have to do that. I don't think it's so bad to go into it with this idea that you're going to play loyal. You're going to play a loyal game at the beginning. If you understand that there will come a time you're going to have to cut that person. And he did say, and I got to give him props for this, the analogy that he was talking about with uh, the hockey and what he learned as being a Canadian uh, individual and playing hockey and, and how all of that, I guess, was present in his game is that you're, you're very respectful of the people that you're playing with. You um, understand the role of the coaches. You understand the role of players and you also understand that you will do anything to win. And if that includes breaking someone's arm, 
you're going to break their arm. So I do think that Tom at least had a good idea about how he needed to play this game, but I don't think it was so bad being loyal at the beginning. I do. Um, uh, well, okay. So, yeah. So first of all, with his comment about breaking arms, do we know where he was when Karishma cut her hand? You know, could he have been involved in that maybe? Um, oh, Lord. Are we going to talk about Karishma? <laughs> no, 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 not yet. And you I'm know just what? saying, Can I just throw if, he's, this if, out he's there? if he's willing to break someone's arm, you know, maybe a little slice of the hand there, you know, no, I'm just kidding on that. No, but here's um, the but, thing. If Karishma's hand was cut so badly that you could see the bone, she wouldn't still right. be in the game. Right. We know it wasn't. Yeah, so, so I'm just going to yeah. yeah, say that, right. but we can always right. talk I about mean, Karishma later. Yes. And, and we will. Uh, and, and I'll also talk a little bit more about what you said in well, probably the second rule, but I, I, you're right that he did play a little bit. I mean, he was super loyal to Elaine from the get go. Mm -hmm. And you know that Ronnie even said in interviews that, that Elaine was saved in part because Tom refused to vote her out. Mm -hmm. And Tom also felt like he was getting close to Aaron and Dean on his original tribe. And he said he formed an alliance with Aaron, Missy, Elizabeth and Elaine. Now, side note, uh, note the overlap in the alliance that Chelsea had talked about last week, because she said she had a secret alliance with Aaron, Missy, Dean, and Elizabeth. So as much as Chelsea thought she was in good with her alliance, she was apparently just one of several alliances on that tribe, mm -hmm. and they were overlapping. And, you know, that comparison is interesting to me because Aaron, Missy, and Elizabeth are clearly in multiple overlapping alliances and sub-alliances, while Tom would never have done anything like that. He was loyal. He wanted to be in one alliance. Well, and I, I, don't, I don't disagree that he wanted to be in one alliance, but I do think that he was willing to recognize the importance of that alliance. And I know it's, it's more of an old school mentality. I appreciate someone who is loyal. I, I tried to play a very loyal game. Obviously, that's why we went to Rocks, because I wasn't going to, to break the loyalty I had with those people. So I think that for every for, for the game that you want to play, you really have to look at what's going to be best for your game. And the group that he was with, it seemed solid. He seemed to be a very integral part of it. He helped arrange the, you know, Ronnie blindside at the you know first tribal council. And he was involved in also the Vince vote. So he was clearly talking to the right people and he had the the inside scoop. So I do think that he was strategizing and he was strategizing with the people that he was playing a loyal game to. I mean, the fact that he was able to save Elaine, I think, speaks a lot about how he was interacting with people because he was able to shift away from Elaine and have them focus on somebody else, which that's a pretty significant thing to be able to do when you're three days in and nobody really knows anyone yet. Well, I think he did it by being incredibly stubborn and just refusing to go along with it more than anything. But it, you know, it is also interesting to look back at what Vince said about Tom in his post game interviews. He mentioned that while he was still in the game, at one point he had turned to the camera and said, Tom's not the best at strategy. Now, admittedly, you know, Vince had his own strategic issues, mm -hmm. but he added that Tom was in his own little world, oblivious to the fact that people were talking about him while he was asleep. And he also said in, word association with Gordon Holmes that Tom was a bit clueless and too loyal and one dimensional. And, you know, I, that's what I'm seeing. I understand what you're saying. And to, you know, to go back to your 
your own situation with rocks. And we've talked about this before. Yes, you were being loyal, but let's also remember you knew damn well, if you flipped, you were dead the next vote. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't just loyalty. It was saving yourself. Yes. And so I, I think that with Tom, it was probably, it was a good plan. Like he, it made sense for what he was doing, but yes, if he's too stubborn and not willing to listen, then then that's taking it a bit too far. But going in with that idea and trying to utilize that plan, I don't think it's a bad one. But yes, you can't be you can't be stubborn. You have to be willing to. We'll get to it. Be flexible and all of that good stuff. But <laughs> but I do think that he was playing a game. He was playing a more loyal game. But I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have worked out so badly for him if he hadn't been swapped the way that he was. And I know that you probably don't agree with that. Well, I mean, and that really takes us to the second rule because you have to be prepared to be swapped mm-hmm. first of all, and you have to be willing to do something when you're swapped. So you know, the second rule is about scheming and plotting too much. And so at first glance, after I have just ripped on him for not scheming and plotting enough, maybe, you know, you'd think, well, we should skip this rule. But no, because we have to remember that part of this rule talks about keeping your scheming secret. And this rule specifically cites to an example. Uh, It says players should not be open or obvious about their scheming. Rob Sesternino's old pal Alex showed us that on Amazon when he reviewed revealed to Rob that Alex would vote against him in the final four. By doing this, he was looking too far ahead and scheming too much. He obviously was not keeping it secret since he told the person he was planning to vote out, turning Rob from a friend to a foe by taking out the knife, showing it to him and telling him exactly where he planned to stick it in his back. Mm -hmm. Had Alex just kept his mouth shut, he would have been in a much better position. Tom essentially did the same thing. Yeah, and I agree, I agree. Yeah, he made it clear that he was with his original Laro tribe mates and he was never going to join with Janet and the original Vokai, no matter how friendly they got. Janet specifically said he had a tribal mentality and would go to his old tribe, which obviously was not something she or the other original Vokai wanted. Right. And so I completely agree with you on this rule because I that was the wrong interaction. That was the wrong way for him to respond when Janet proposed it to him and she and he was he was brutally honest really and that's certainly the wrong answer to have in that situation you know that you're down in the numbers and you know that everybody is is trying to figure out where your loyalties will lie and if he wants to play a loyal game that's one thing but you're now playing with new people and you don't want to let them know that yes i am 100 percent going to be loyal to the people that i was on a tribe with originally you've got to sell yourself a little bit differently and he could have sold himself in a much better fashion because clearly they need to win challenges so that's really what the focus should have been like you've got time to vote more of us out later but right now we need to win because if we don't win it's just going to be it's just going to everyone's going to keep getting voted out but i guess it doesn't matter if you're in the majority because you Mm -hmm. still have two more people from the minority you can vote out so maybe they don't care if they lose again Well, and that's exactly it. This is what I'm talking about, where his idea of how to play the game came back and bit him because he was playing a loyal game based on challenges. Mm. Well, they don't care if they win challenges and they certainly don't want his loyalty. So at the very least, if you're going to play a loyal game, 
then don't tell everyone mm-hmm. that this is exactly what I'm doing, or at least don't tell everyone on the opposite side. You know, it's fine to tell your own people, and obviously you need to, but you can't tell the opposite side. And that's, you know, I, I guess if you wanted to say Tom didn't go, go wrong by being loyal, but by telling everyone he was going to be loyal, well, okay, I could see that. But to me, it's part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah, and I understand that because when he did have that conversation with, uh, was it Janet? Yes, Janet? when he was talking to Janet, I was cringing because that that was really not a good response for him at all because he really is showing his whole hand and like, this is what I'm doing. And Janet, I think he could have utilized her more because they they do seem very similar. I mean, they, he talked about in his exit interviews how they they got along really well, and they seemed to they seemed to mesh, and they had great conversations. They kind of are cut from the same cloth, if you will, with how they approach life. And I think that he could have utilized that to his benefit in trying to create a relationship with Janet. And I I feel like she was trying to get there with him because clearly she saw in him that that's the way he was going to be. He is going to be that loyal person. So no wonder she was approaching him about it because she saw something in him that was probably very similar to something she sees in herself. And instead of him using that to his benefit, like Janet, you and I are so similar, we should get together and we should work together on this. He was just kind of like, yeah, no, I'm going to play with my other people. And uh, yeah, we'll vote for Ishmael. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think the words he, he, yeah, the wording he used was, I would, I would love to get to the merge with you. Yeah. Or, or something like that. And I, and I heard that and I'm like, he didn't say he wants to play with her after the merge. Yeah. He wants to get to the merge with her. And mm-hmm. that's the wrong thing to say. Yeah. Now, a, another area where Tom didn't do a great job in keeping his scheming secret was when Ronnie called him a tellbox in interviews because Tom was unable to hide the fact that something was up when he was helping to blindside Ronnie in that first vote. Uh, he was he was just too much of an honest, straightforward guy. And Ronnie, I mean, Ronnie wasn't able to do anything about it at that point. But I think it's an indicator of, you know, Tom couldn't lie. Mm-hmm. It was just so obvious. Well, and didn't he have something happen at tribal council? I don't know if it was the the last tribal council, but there, someone said something. And Tom's response, I remember, kind of shocked me because he he, again, was being just brutally honest and just kind of said, yes, that's exactly what happened. And I thought it was interesting because some I, someone was getting thrown under the bus. I don't know if it was Krishma, but someone was getting thrown under the bus. And his response to it kind of made me cringe a little bit again because it was so. Well, yeah, it was just so honest. And and it, it, again, you're telling everybody exactly how you're going to play the game. And sometimes it's better that you don't make those comments at tribal council because not everybody needs to know exactly what you're thinking, especially if you're not being asked a direct question. He wasn't even being asked a question. He just blurted it out. And I thought, I thought that was really, that was really interesting. Yeah. But I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was about, but I remember. I, I don't either. That. There were, I think there were a couple instances of him being way too honest there. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I mentioned earlier that Stephen characterized the choice to vote Tom out as baffling in his blog, saying, in a game that's filled with randomness, you want to decrease uncertainty, not increase it. Keep the steadfast Toms, boot the chaos is a ladder, Karishmas. Now, I understand what Stephen's saying, but I completely disagree. Uh, you know, th- there's no way that the original Vokai should want to keep Tom instead of Karishma. And again, I don't think it's baffling at all. 
why would you want to keep a person who is going to be absolutely steadfastly against you? You wouldn't keep someone who is angry at their old tribe and willing to work with you. That's an easy call. Yeah, but here's the thing, too, though. And this is what I don't like about. I mean, it, OK, I understand what Stephen is saying about it being baffling because there are people on the the new I'm going to just call them. Is this the orange tribe? Because I can't remember the names like Jamal. He did. Uh, he talked about how Tom talked about how he tried to form some type of a bond with Jamal and was having conversations with Jamal. Jamal is in a situation where, though he might be in a group right now where there's five original orange people, and um, right, that's the color they are, right? Am I getting that right? Uh, they're new, new Lyro. New they're Lyro. New Lyro. So, and he, so he wants to be in that majority now, and Jamal is in that majority. But once they all come back together, Jamal was the one person that wasn't really jiving with his old tribe. He was the one person that seemed to be on the outs a little bit. So I feel like it might've been better for Jamal to maybe you want to rock the boat a little bit. Maybe you want to force the other tribe. That's a four, four split to actually have to go to tribal council because then maybe one of the people that's making your life difficult, Jamal could potentially be voted out on the other side. And that's where I feel like, other people who are were on the tribe with Tom might have missed an opportunity because if you want to force the other tribe to have to go to tribal council, you have to win challenges. If they continue to lose, then they're just going to go back to tribal council and they're going to pick the next two off or the next one off, depending on how many times they go to tribal council. I just feel like that could have been an opportunity for Jamal. Like keep Tom so we can win challenges in order to try to force the other tribe to go to tribal council, but obviously not tell everyone that that's what your goal is. I, I feel like that was an opportunity that Jamal missed in those conversations that he was having with Tom. Yeah. I, I mean, part of it is there's no guarantee that you'll win even with Tom and we'll get to that mm -hmm. later. Um, but the other thing is what would Jamal argue when it was clear that, or at least it appeared that the decision makers were mostly Janet Kelly and Nora. You know, they were the ones we saw on the beach as, uh, as Nora was, um, you know, squeezing herself dry. Mm -hmm. And um, then, you know, they were walking along and in case anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about there, I had put a tweet out saying, what the heck is Nora doing here? And Nora responded along with a number of other people. Uh, but in any case, uh, the, they were the ones walking along, talking about it. And we didn't see, you know, Jamal as part of the discussion or part of the decision. Right. And no matter who it is, even if even if you. It's just better to keep Karishma from their perspective anyway. And we're we're jumping way into Appendix A territory here, but it, it's just, you know, in this case, for the purposes of what I'm talking about here. He could align potentially with Karishma. He could never align with Tom. There's no circumstance where he could align with Tom, but he could with Karishma. I don't know. Karishma is, she is, she's a mess. She's kind of a mess. No. So I, I just feel Maybe, like. Maybe, but. I, well, and the thing that I, that I appreciate about Tom is 
I don't know. I feel like Tom is a little bit more. Yes. Okay. So the loyalty thing is, is problematic for him. But if you know that that guy is loyal, if you know that that's his thing, if you can become someone that he's loyal to, I think that's beneficial to you. But you have to obviously get there. You've got to earn his trust. Right. You've got to earn that loyalty. That's not a bad thing to have. I think Karishma, we've seen, she came from one tribe and and was struggling and has come to a new tribe. And within seconds of being in this group, threw up all over everybody about how terrible everyone she was with and her old tribe was and completely threw everyone under the bus. And I feel like that's more of a Vince kind of person that we're talking about where she's still struggling to try to even find anyone that she can play this game with. And she's not doing a very good job of creating bonds with people. She's just more of someone that will go along with what she's being told because it's not her. That's kind of a dangerous person to keep playing the game with because when is she going to start just throwing you under the bus? Because at some point you're all going to have to come to emerge and and then it becomes a, a question of where does she actually fit? Whereas if Tom, if you know where he fits, then you already understand where his vote's going to be. And it's not an unknown. He's more of a known because you know what Tom is going to do. He's not going to do something crazy or uh, unexpected. It's pretty expected. Tom's going to vote this way. So that's where I can understand this idea of it being a little baffling because you have to keep thinking down the road where are things going to go, what's going to happen. And everyone, I think, keeps thinking, well, Krishma's an easy vote, but she's also kind of all over the place. Yeah, but that's exactly it. Tom has a 0% chance of voting with you. Karishma, eh, 50%. Probably better than 50% because, like you said, she hated everyone on her old tribe. Yeah, but I think she's just going to she... start hating everyone on this tribe, too. Well, okay, then at, be at worst, it's 50%. Yeah. At best, it's more than that. Tom will never be with you. He is with his old alliance, period. Now, if you jump to that alliance, maybe he'd be with you, but they're in the minority. No, I know. So, so yeah, I, I just, I, I say get rid of the guy who is 100% not going to be with you. All right. All right. So, um, and this uh, leads nicely into the third rule, which talks about being flexible because, well, we just talked about how Tom was playing super loyal and straightforward. And would not flip on his allies. So it's pretty clear he did not do well in terms of the third rule. And, you know, in case that's not enough, we can also add to it by going back to Vince's post-game interviews where he said it was very difficult working with Tom because he was very strong-willed. He had his own ideas and his ideas were correct. So, you know, whatever we might have thought of Vince running around too much, staying too steadfast is also a big problem. Mm hmm I would agree. All right. Uh, then we can move on to the fourth rule. I mean, I don't. So you, know, you didn't have much to add for the third rule. Well, I don't have much for the fourth rule because it says, you know, that players shouldn't let their emotions control them. And, you know, we've talked about Tom from the super loyalty aspect of things, which I guess could be considered emotional. But did you see anything else? No, I, I really do appreciate how Tom was approaching the game. And I, I don't think that it was an emotional thing for him to make these decisions. I do. I think he was trying to be logical and he was trying to keep. OK, I'm sorry. I'm kind of rambling. But he did say in his exit interviews that he went into this game with the way he wanted to play it. Like he had this idea in his head. This is how I want to play the game. And that's what he did. 
And not that mm-hmm. he that's what he should have done. But so if anything, he was doing exactly what he wanted to do. So clearly his emotions were not causing him to stray from the way he wanted to play the game because he was playing the game exactly how he wanted to. And he said, that's how I played the game. That's what you saw. So that's Tom. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Uh, Well, before we go to the rest of the rules, um, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. If there are any in your area, if not, we'll be back even quicker. And we're back. So let's go on to the fifth rule, which discusses how players should pretend to be nice and play the social game. I don't think Tom had any issues here as he seemed to be likable. Uh, You know, Jeff Probst was worried in the preseason that Tom might tell everyone what to do or just go off and do it by himself. But I didn't see anything like that. Yeah, no, I was a little bit worried for Tom, too, with with preseason stuff, because I liked him. I really liked Tom preseason. There was a lot of things well, about Well, no wonder him. you were so upset with me I, uh, I, uh, I know. You know, uh, in the first rule. Don't you remember how high I was on him when he was always, he grew up on a dairy farm, this true grit mentality, and I really appreciate all oh, of that about right. him. Yes, but I was worried for him. wanted to break him. arms, just like you. <laughs> you <know. laughs> but I was worried because that can... That can work against you. And certainly if you go into it with this strong idea and sense of self and you're not willing to listen to other people, all of that can be perceived bad. But it can also work to your benefit. And we've seen other Survivor players pull this off. And, you know, the having that type of of um, perception was not bad for some Survivor players that we've seen. We've seen quite a few older individuals play this game who have kind of that almost dad role and they do very well when they're out there because they are they're able to create bonds and form relationships and play the social game in a way that allows them to kind of take care of people but not come across as threatening in doing so and i think that he ended up pulling that off nicely i mean he talked in his exit interviews how they were calling him dad and pop and and he he assumed he was going to be viewed as a leader so he was okay if that was how he was viewed And he was very open about who he was and where he came from. So I do think that he recognized a lot of those things about himself. And that's how he presented himself. And I think it worked for him because clearly he did create close relationships with people like Elizabeth and Elaine. And I think that he was doing well socially out there because he wasn't too. I I realize we're saying he was he was very loyal. And even though Vince thought, you know, he wasn't really willing to listen, I think he was willing to listen. To the people that were in his alliance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we can move on to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. Now, from what I saw, the original Vokai had a choice between three different types of possible threats. Uh, Karishma was a threat to their ability to win challenges right now. Mm. Dean is a potential threat at the merge when they get to individual challenges, though, honestly, we haven't seen much to indicate he's really going to be a threat in that regard. And then there was Tom, who was a threat at the merge because he would go back to his old tribe. When Janet asked what Tom was thinking, instead of pushing to save himself, he said they have to decide if they want to win challenges or have someone weaker at the merge. He he literally pushed a case against keeping him instead of even trying to make the claim that he wouldn't be a threat to them later. And this, of course, gets back to everything we've already talked about. He could have turned things around here. He could have made the attempt to get in good with Janet. And Mm -hmm. instead, he was so honest 
that his threat level was obvious. Yeah. And that's really, I think, where a huge part of his downfall came from. Because unfortunately, so many people on this season seem to be playing very fast, very just, it's crazy how strategic everybody's being so soon, like right out the gate. Like they are playing a, a, I don't really love the way that it's all coming together because I do kind of feel like they're cannibalizing themselves just a little bit, but I understand the idea behind it. They want to make big moves. They want to play the game and, and have all of these things ticked off on their resume that we always hear about. And so it's become not so much a game of what's going to happen tomorrow, but they're thinking about what's going to happen down the road, what's going to happen at the merge, what's going to happen when we're all together. And so it's it's a much it's not a short term day by day game anymore, at least with this season. I feel like it's very long term. And unfortunately for Tom, he really did shoot himself in the foot by doing that because he was supporting everything Janet was saying as to why he should be voted out now because they're all thinking about the merge and they're all thinking about how they're going to benefit themselves at the merge. And so it, it certainly was the wrong response for him to have at that, at that point in time. And he didn't do himself any favors by shining the light away from him and trying to make it seem as if he was going to be fine working with them come emerge. He certainly didn't do that. Right. All right. Well, the seventh rule covers idols and advantages, and it looks like Tom didn't do very well in this regard, not just because we didn't see him find anything, but because he apparently wasn't really looking. Uh, Vince said in post-game interviews that Tom was oblivious to the fact that there could be idols out there. And Tom himself said in interviews that if he could change anything, he would look for idols more. He said he thought since this was the Island of the Idols season, that was where the idols resided. Oh, and so he, he only looked a little bit, but not much. He just I made know. a bad assumption. Isn't it? It's so terrible. Don't ever make those assumptions if you're out there playing this game. Always look for idols. The Island of the Idols, I understand, has that, obviously, idol in the title. But come on, you know Survivor's not going to do that. They're not going to make it that easy. That There's just none at camp. That's too bad. It's definitely very sad. Yeah, yeah. But I will give him props for this, though, because he had that idea in his head. He did say that they were certain Vince had an idol. And so they wanted Vince to go home with the idol in his pocket. And so that was part of what happened with the Vince vote is they were very sure that he did have an idol. And so that's why they were pushing hard on Karishma, making Vince think he was safe. So he wouldn't play his idol and go home with it in his pocket. And that's what happened. Yeah, of course, I still blame Vince for that one, as we discussed in why Vince lost. So, well, we got to give Tom some credit for that. OK, just a little bit. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying no matter how safe he felt, there was no reason for him not to use it. But we already covered that. I know depth. we did cover that. We did. But I so. but at least Tom. Following that logic, thinking that all of the idols are on Island of the Idols, he was convinced Vince had an idol. Yeah. All right, so we can move into Appendix A, and we've already kind of uh, danced around this a little bit because this is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And usually we talk about how the players should, whenever possible, vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. In, in many cases, I would say most cases, players should be voting off the weak here in order to have the ability to win challenges. And that's obviously the game that Tom wanted them to play. But in this particular tribal situation, you already talked about this. They can lose the next two challenges 
and the original Vokai won't care. I know, you but know? they have and, to hope that they're all going to come back together. Right, but they can lose three if they vote Nora out at the last one, you mm-hmm. know, and and the other tribe is evenly split 4-4, four, four, so they don't know who will get booted, which means it's safer for them if they're trusting in their original tribe alliance, it's safer for them to lose and vote out someone from original Lero rather than taking the risk that one of their allies on the other tribe gets the boot. I find it fascinating that you are now arguing for such strong loyalty. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? I'm not arguing for it. I'm arguing that's what they believe. <laughs> but that, but see, but that's the thing. What Tom was doing is exactly what they're doing. Everyone's playing this loyalty game where they're going to be loyal to their original tribe, their original group. And we all know that that shit just doesn't happen. People change their mind. Things happen in the game. People decide they want to go a different direction. And so, although I understand that thought process that we can lose the next two and then we all come back together, you got to hope that they're all going to come back together because you've got people like Missy out there and she is playing one hell of a strong game and pushing an agenda on people. And who knows if she's going to end up bonding with other people, uh, you know, the other four from whatever tribe they come from. (laughs) I just feel like it's, it's such a risky thing to do to hope that, that those four who are over there are still going to be loyal to us when we get back together, because the longer you are with people, the more bonding that you can do, you might find out that, Hey, these four people that joined our new tribe, I like these guys a lot. They're pretty sweet. I want to work with them. You don't know what's happened. And so you have to hope that they're going to come back together with you. And so I do think that it's a very risky game to just think, oh, we're going to we'll just pick these people off even if we lose. No big deal, because we're all going to come back together and be one big happy family again. It it can be risky, but I think if we look through the history of Survivor, original tribes tend to hold more often than merged tribes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now your season was an outlier in this regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but in other seasons, you know, you especially see it when it's something like a David versus Goliath, you know, when you're labeled something. Yeah. But even in other situations, we saw it on Ghost Island, you know, as as they kept preaching that they had to stay strong to their original tribe. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of this situation it's a it's a a psychology experiment you're with those people they are your people Mm -hmm. and you want to stay loyal to them as long as you can and so i think that is what this group is you know believing right now now can i say for sure that they're thinking about that well no i can't and you know there is some question are they just going to throw well i i don't know if they're just going to throw i don't know that they need to throw because i quite honestly i, I don't know how they win but um <laughs> you know it, it's just if if you're going down this path then you might as well get rid of tom right away who you know is loyal to the opposite side mm mm-hmm. so, well, i understand yeah now you know, Jeff Probst said in his Entertainment Weekly interview this week that the reason they kept Karishma is one of the most interesting layers of the show, tribe strength versus alliance strength. Tom worked hard at camp and gave 100% in challenges, but you have to determine who is valuable as an ally and who, who is a future threat. 
Well, we already talked about how Janet told us she was voting based on connections to the other tribe. And by looking at that, we see Karishma is an obvious outsider on her original tribe, as we discussed. Dean had just been blindsided by them. So he sure seems like an outsider. If you're voting based on future tribal loyalty, Tom is the obvious choice to get rid of. And that is true. And it's very sad. <laughs> well, now, I, I, with all that said, and I had mentioned earlier that we'd come back to this, I do think there's also a bit of rationalization that they were voting out a weaker tribe mate. Because Nora said in tribal council that some people are older and don't have endurance and don't like the water. I mean, she was clearly talking about Tom mm -hmm. and you know, also said that Tom was not as physical as she thought. This reminded me that Vince said in interviews that Tom was getting tired a lot and was very fatigued to the point that Vince was worried about his stamina. So even though Karishma was a more obvious problem in challenges, it's not like Tom was a superstar. And, you know, he, he was. He was no Aussie out there, right? Uh, which made it easier to vote him out. It wasn't like they were saying, well, we're absolutely giving up on challenges and we're voting out the person who's the best. They were voting out someone who was, you know, OK, I guess. Well, I think he was better than Karishma. <laughs> well, okay. I agree with that. At least say that. I mean, it, it, it's a low bar. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, for sure. Well, so. who knows? You know, maybe maybe they'll surprise us all and win one orange is just well, doomed that's all that can we pick well, new colors please cbs yeah, no can we do that they must have a you know the buff manufacturer uh, buff uh must must only stock certain colors oh you my know? word They're like hey we have a, a lot of these orange and purples lord have mercy we need to get all away right. from that color yeah <laughs> all right so we have now come to the end uh, before I get to my conclusions, which you are sure to love, what are oh. your final thoughts? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Listen, I really did enjoy Tom. I understand that there's there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not he was playing the game well. And I know that my co-host here doesn't think that he was. But I think that coming into this game, wanting to play a loyal game, it's not a bad thing. But you do have to have the willingness to step away from that loyal game if needs be. And unfortunately for Tom, he wasn't willing to do that. He wanted to stay steadfast to his group no matter what. And unfortunately, with the game of Survivor, you can't always do that. You can come in with a plan, and Tom did. He came in with a plan. He wanted to play this game a certain way, and he wanted loyalty to be a huge component of it. Well, congratulations, Tom. You did that. And unfortunately, Tom, it got you voted out. So it's sad because I do think that he recognizes about himself. I mean, he said it even about himself in his pregame press that one of the ways he described himself was stubborn, but he also described himself as dedicated. So it's it's kind of a, a tough road to hoe when you're playing Survivor if you want to be both of those things. You can't be stubborn. You have to be willing to change things up if needs be. And unfortunately, he found himself on the wrong side of a swap where he was in the minority and he really needed to change his game at that point. Because there was no saving him if he didn't. So Tom ended up getting voted out. He was in the minority because he really couldn't step aside and say, you know what? I need to play a different game now. So as much as I love Tom and his true grit lifestyle, I really support that. Unfortunately, it didn't bode well for him in the game of Survivor. Well, see, that's, you know, it, it sounds like you uh, almost agree with me completely here. I so. Listen, I struggled. I 
I appreciate so much what he was doing. It just, if he had been in a different swap, we'd be not having this discussion, obviously. Probably, probably true. So, uh, but, but, you know, you got to do whatever you got to work with what the game throws. I know. You. And that's, that's so, what makes this game so yeah. hard. So several times already this season, we've seemed to have a bit of a mystery about the vote right after the episode ended, but, Things were pretty straightforward this time, at least for me, just like Tom was straightforward with his tribe mates and the way he played. This season, we've talked several times about perception and reality, and we even both tweeted about it at the same time during the show. <laughs> this week, everyone's perception and reality were the exact same thing. Tom said in interviews that as a hockey player, you have to play to win, which sounds great because that's something we talk about a lot here. The problem is he wasn't playing to win because he closed himself off from options he could have used to advance further. Tom didn't have sub-alliances. Tom didn't really scheme and plot. Tom didn't give himself any flexibility. He said in interviews that not only did he play the way he intended by forming an alliance and being loyal, but he was proud that was the reason he was voted out. And he's right about that. It was the main reason he was voted out, because it led to other factors as well. Tom's super loyalty wasn't just a private thought. He made it public knowledge. When he should have been telling the original Vokai that he would work with them and they could trust him, he instead, sa instead said he wouldn't and they shouldn't. He was far too honest and open about his plans, and that made him a threat going forward. When you tell someone on Survivor that you are honest and straightforward and have no intention of working with them, they have no reason to keep you around. Tom did all of those things, and the original Vokai reacted accordingly and appropriately, and that is why Tom lost. So sad. I like Tom. So, I know, I know, <laughs> but, you know. I'm going to have to check out his goodbye. podcast. He has a podcast. I'll have to check that out. Tom has a podcast? Yes, it's a True Grit podcast. Mm. Yeah. I bet it talks about, like, being super loyal and honest and, and straightforward. And breaking people's arms. And breaking people's arms awesome. and being honest when you break their arm. Hey, you know what? I, I respect where he comes from. He... I don't know if we talked about this before, but he told an incredible story about like his father coming to him to tell him, uh, I think it was when he got the call for like being on survivor or something. And he was in the middle, like cleaning like horse shit or something. He was telling Josh Wiggler <laughs> this and he, his father was like, well, now go back to clean horse shit. You know, like who cares? Nobody cares about you. Like you're fine. You know, <laughs> it's like, here's this incredible thing, but you know what? You have work to do. So let's focus on the work you got to get done. As opposed to this over here. I just think I, I think that's great. I think it's a great way to live your life that you, you're able to kind of focus on. All right. This is great, but I have work to do. So I have to do this work. I just appreciate it about him. He's, he's a cool guy. OK. All right. Well, you know, nothing I've said here disagrees with that. I just know his, the way he played Survivor. <laughs> it's farmer mentality. I come uh -huh. from a dairy farm, so I, I appreciate the farmer mentality. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is time for your favorite part, predictions. Ugh. So, <laughs> so in the episode, we saw Missy say she was ready to flip, and both she and Aaron agreed that their old tribe was dead. See? Okay. <laughs> See what but, I'm saying? But, and here's the part where, you know, it might bring back bad memories. The preview showed them apparently being willing to go to rocks. I know. Now, this makes no sense unless there are only 
saying that to push for what they want to happen. So, you know, that they're willing to turn on their people, but they want uh, the other side to turn first. And, and then they don't really intend to follow through if it doesn't work. But the real question I have is, would they even be talking about such things unless they lose the challenge? You know, are they are Missy and Aaron pushing so hard in advance that they put forth the idea of going to rocks before the challenge even occurs? You know, normally I would say no, uh, but this is a duo who is playing hard and fast. And, you know, so I could see them trying to get a jump on things and making this threat before the challenge even occurs. Because quite honestly, we've seen both tribes compete. I find it hard to believe new Vokai is going to lose any challenges before the merge. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I think this is going to be a straightforward vote. I think new Lero loses, goes back to tribal council. They vote out Dean. There will be some editing attempts to make it once again, look like Karishma might be going, but it won't happen. She'll stick around because she's the person (laughs) most likely to work with them. She's the person that's most likely just going to be carried through well, maybe. the entire game. And I did no disrespect to her. I think she seems like a wonderful individual. But, <clears throat> excuse me, we have, we've talked about this before. That mm-hmm. there's always that person that everyone just kind of decides, well, we want to keep them around because that's someone I want to sit next to in the final three. And I think we have that person. And I, it's it's just unfortunate that it's become Karishma. But, and again, it, whatever is happening, however she's presenting herself, playing the game, that's what she has become, which is very unfortunate. Well, if they lose, you know, two more challenges, they might have to get rid of Karishma. Mm-hmm. No, they so, might. They might. But yeah, I, I, so, I do agree that I don't, I think the uh, I think it is going to be straightforward, and I I do agree with you. I think it's going to be Dean. Dean's okay, going to go home. So okay, just for the record, now since you picked the same thing, same person as I did, if you're right, I don't have to take you out to Applebee's because then I'd be right too. Oh, so that wait, there's like a little asterisk next to this. Well, if you're I mean, right I on you here, gonna, well, yeah, I thought you were going to have your own prediction. That, <laughs> that was my prediction. Just because you went first <laughs> doesn't mean it's not mine anymore. Listen, and because I predicted it, guess what? It's not going to happen. They're going to go to rocks, and I'm going to have a fourth person that I can now join into my little club that can be part of my little club. See, that's what will end up happening. Wouldn't that be crazy? Okay. Yes. Yes. That won't happen. No, it won't. (laughs) But maybe. I mean, since we're so bad at this, maybe we're just wrong. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible, but it seems straightforward. But yeah, who knows? Well, do we have any uh, so, idea what the challenge is next time? Did they show that in anything? Uh, they showed the beginning of it in a preview, and I don't remember. Uh, it was running and jumping and, you know, I mean, the usual. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's a puzzle at the end. Um, right, <laughs> probably. So, all right. Well, as we wrap things up here, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Rob does so many special things for patrons, including patron-only podcasts, first access to live show tickets and discounts on those tickets, and much more. He also has Facebook groups where you'll find a great community of people you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, and more. Again, go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. 
Yes. And you should also follow us on Twitter. I am Jessica Lewis 89 and David is at David Bloomberg. And you should follow us both to get both sides of the conversation. We both live tweet during the episodes and you can certainly sometimes the same exact thing. Right. And you can send us your thoughts and ask us questions. And uh, again, just I'm at Jessica Lewis 89 and he is at David Bloomberg. I just want to point out that I tweeted the thing about perception 37 seconds before you did. Are you kidding me? Like you went and checked. No, someone else. Didn't you see the person who tweeted that and said within 37 seconds, you know, they said the same thing. I didn't know if maybe you were like looking at your stopwatch as well. (laughs) No, no, I just I relied on them. Well, that's really quite funny. See, our. I've I've said you've had a strange effect on my ability to view this game in a new way. And so clearly you're affecting my ability to tweet now, too. That's right. That's right. It's all a big inception. (laughs) Well, it's true, though. It is perception really is a, a big component of this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, But in this case, it wasn't. So we have to have a different hashtag, one that doesn't deal with perception. Now, uh, there was one word that I kept coming back to this time. Uh, So how about super loyalty? Yeah, that's two words. No, (laughs) if you put it together, it's one word. Like Superman is one word. Okay, just saying. Okay, so super loyalty is one word in a hashtag. (laughs) Perfect. I like it. All right. All right. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, YXLost. Yes. Uh, Before we finish, I want to remind everyone about the poster we discussed earlier, which covers all of these rules. Again, go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes. And it is a great purchase. Looks wonderful in a frame. $20. Purchase it. Buy it. Love it. Hang it up at work and tell everybody how much of a fan you are. That's right. So. Uh, make sure you subscribe to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed in both places. You'll find the great content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, the RHAP, B&B, and much more. Uh, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on all the Why Blank Lost podcasts. Thanks, as always, to Will from America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for another great episode, even if you did rant about Applebee's and, you know, sound like some old timey player at the beginning. I know I did. Listen, Applebee's will never be sending me anything. I can attest to that. that is I'll have obvious. to stick with Kettle Brand chips because clearly they know where my loyalty lies. So <laughs> that's it for yes. me. I am not loyalty. I'm not loyal to Applebee's. I'm sorry. But yes, thank you, David. This is a great episode. And thank you as well to Scott and Will for all the wonderful work that they do and have done. And thanks to all the listeners for hanging in there and listening to us rant and rave a little bit about things that you might not care about, like Applebee's. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, we will uh, see everyone in one week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.